Hallelujah. We want to thank the Lord today, and especially Pastor Troy and his lovely wife for inviting us to come and minister to you all. And we bring you greetings from Ridgeway Assembly, 3150 Ridgeway Road, that was just broken into 3 o'clock this morning. Got a call at 3 o'clock and met the police there, and thank God it was nothing very serious. The same door that was broken into seven years ago, they decided to repeat uh, with a big log. They just smashed the security glass back door. And uh, thank God the alarm must have been a deterrent. It does pay to have good security. And so whoever it was uh, took off, and I'm glad they did because nothing was stolen. We just had purchased a, a very expensive um, a video projector. And so that was the first thing I ran to see if it was in the in the auditorium. Oh, thank God they didn't take it. Take all the other junk, you know, but don't don't take the good stuff. But, you know, sometimes you feel like uh, in the middle of the night uh, that there's a thief that can come and cause destruction or disturbance. And, you know, we must be doing something right. And the Lord must really want to move by his spirit today for that to happen. But, uh, you know, sometimes you got to tell yourself, you know, the devil is mad, but I'm glad. Amen. And if God be for us, who can be against us? So we're going to go right into the word today. If you turn with me to the gospel of uh, John, I'd like to share something that's on my heart for you and for the leadership here in particular. I thought that God had a real word of encouragement for you, especially those of you who are working in the church and uh, have anything to do with ministry. Amen? So let's turn to the gospel of John. Hallelujah. Chapter 21, and I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 8. And if you have the Message Bible, that's what I'm reading from. It might maybe sound strange a little bit to some of you folks if you have never heard the Message Bible today. But I like the Message Bible. You know, we're all uh, King James people. But I like the Message Bible because it really, really breaks it down to our present-day vernacular. John 21, verse 1. After this, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time at the Tiberias Sea or the Sea of Galilee. This is how he did it. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed Twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, and the brothers Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. Simon Peter announced, I'm going fishing. The rest of them replied, we're going with you. They went out and got in the boat, they caught nothing that night. When the sun came up, Jesus was standing on the beach, but they didn't recognize him. Jesus spoke to them, good morning. Did you catch anything for breakfast? And they answered, no. He said, throw the net off on the right side of the boat and see what happens. They did what he said, and all of a sudden, there were so many fish in it, they weren't strong enough to pull it in. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, uh, Peter, it's the master. It's the master. When Simon Peter realized that it was the master, he threw on some clothes, for he was stripped for work, and dove into the sea. The other disciples came in by boat, for they weren't far from land, and a hundred yards or so, pulling along the new net full of fish, and when they got out of the boat, they saw a fire laid 
and with fish and bread cooking on it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. And Lord, uh, help me as your servant to articulate what you want us to receive in the spirit. Lord, open our ears, open our understanding, and open our hearts to apply your holy word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to start with a little joke that my daughter gets embarrassed sometimes when I say, but uh, I'm going to tell it anyhow, and maybe uh, if it's good enough, Pastor Troy can use it in another uh, series or something. But um, what has two knees and swims at the bottom of the ocean? A two-knee fish. You get it? <laughs> it's a little bit early for some of you. That's all right. Well, I, my question for you all today is how many like to go fishing? You ever go fishing before? Fishing requires the right rods. It requires the right bait, fishing lures, and a whole lot of patience. Can you say amen? Fishing can be enjoyable and relaxing, but it can become very frustrating if you either don't have the right equipment or you don't catch anything. The title of my message today is Right Shift Fishing. You're going to understand that in just a moment. The reality of Jesus' death had burst the disciples' hopes and dreams on an earthly kingdom. Sadly, life had gone on, and they had to return to their profession to stay alive. How many of you can hear who have ever lost loved ones, or a good friend, or a neighbor, somebody very close to you, you feel like life can't go on? Or why does life go on when you're so sad and perhaps even depressed or discouraged? No more miraculous feeding of the multitudes and preaching expeditions. The reality that their prophet, priest, and king was not returning had left them discouraged and depressed. Nevertheless, they had to fish to survive, and now they really needed a good catch. Notice that their nets were not broken. They had an adequate boat, so they thought. They had gear and manpower, but not quite enough for what Jesus was about to do for them. You're going to need a bigger boat. Turn to your neighbor and say that today. You're going to need a bigger boat for God's blessings. Hallelujah. The prophet told the widow to gather up as many vessels as possible because you can never have enough to contain what God can do for you. The apostle Peter decided to go fishing, and the others followed him. Even though they fished all night, they came up empty. Not even one minnow. This had to be disappointing when they had spent all that time with great expectations of a huge catch, and instead, nothing. You know, this was the third time that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, appeared to his disciples. You know, uh, we often think about this as when in the time lapse did this occur? This was the post-resurrected Christ. The scripture says in the King James, verse 4, But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore but the disciples didn't recognize him. How many know that, according to Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Praise God. The Message Bible says it this way. The nights of crying your eyes out will give way to days of laughter. Can you say praise the Lord? 
Jesus said to them, children, have you any fish? They answered him, no. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't remind Peter of his failures at this particular point? Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't say, hey, you, hey, you, Peter, yeah, you loser who denied me, who betrayed me. Yeah, the same one that when I needed you to be with me, you took off and ran. Aren't you glad that he didn't say that? Oh, I'm so glad that's not the spirit of Christ. And what did he say instead? He said, yeah, cast your net on the right side, and you will find the fish. Message Bible reads, throw your net over the right side and see what happens. Hallelujah. They were fishing on the night shift. Have you ever worked a night shift anywhere? Yeah. When I was in retail, I worked the night shift plenty of times. And it's not always an easy shift. You're following all the normal people, and you end up working with some crazy people sometimes. <laughs> Amen? You have to work with strange people. And uh, although sometimes uh, in the grocery store setting, I like the tunes, but they'll be playing tunes that will not go according to your faith. And so you have to kind of ask the Lord to filter those tunes sometimes, right, as you're working. And sometimes on the night shift, you have to clean up after folks. Dirty things happen during the day, and the night crew comes in, and we have to clean up the mess. Sometimes there's a whole lot of mess that happens in the night between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m., but I want you to know that there's another shift coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's another shift coming. Hallelujah. The night shift is only one hour of night. Think about it. And seven hours of really morning. What is 11 to 7, right? That's usually the night shift. So you got one hour of night, and really the rest of the time is day. Did you ever stop and think about that? That your dark will soon turn into day. And yes, it's always darkest, they say, before dawn. But your morning is coming. Turn to your neighbor and say, your morning is coming. Hallelujah. Rest assured the Lord is watching while you're waiting, and he has already experienced your trials and temptations, according to Hebrews chapter 2, 18. Jesus has already been there, and he did it for you. He went through the trials and temptations for us, and he came out victorious, and so will you. This is for all those who have been doing all the right things, but it seems to have not worked out with your family or perhaps your job or your business or church or ministry. This is for all the pastors and church workers who have stayed true through the course through the dark nights, through the lonely times, and have caught nothing and are ready sometimes to give up. This is for those who are at the right place at the right time, but simply need a direction from Jesus Christ himself. Can you say amen? This is for all those who perhaps have gone so far and yet with all their strength are ready to give up. Sometimes it seems like your labors are in vain. Let me encourage you today to never give up because your breakthrough is only one directive away. Hallelujah. They had been fishing all night, all night, and they were very discouraged. And Galatians 6, 9 reminds us, be not weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap a harvest of blessings if we faint not. Oh, don't forget not to faint. 
Pastor Troy, when you slipped up here a little bit, that scripture came to mind. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down because he has his wife next to his side and Jesus next to his side. And Pastor Chuck and Lori will pick you back up again. Hallelujah. Amen. How many times we have fallen and Jesus has picked us back up. Don't you think that those disciples felt like giving up? In the heat of the battle, when the darkest times hit us and you feel like, is it worth it? You know, on this tour that we've gone from Nashville to Orlando to Syracuse, New York, it has been reminded to us that our ministry is larger than Ridgeway Assembly walls. Amen? Pastor Troy and his wife's ministry is larger than these contained walls. You not only pastor City Church, but you pastor Olive Branch. Hallelujah. And that's where I've been through six churches that we pastored, planted one downtown Syracuse, New York, that's still there, multicultural church, and has a Hispanic church leasing the building in the afternoon. They're packing it out. And I said, Lord, we went down to the inner city, and I, I remember meeting a matriarch named Margaret Simpson, and she talked like this. And I said, Margaret, we're doing a survey. Would this community welcome us coming from Grace Assembly, a predominantly white church, to come and start and plant a church here in the inner city of Syracuse? And she looked at me and she says, Pastor Chuck, as long as they see Jesus in your eyes, it doesn't matter what color you are. And I said, thank you, Lord. I'm in the right place at the right time. But Lauren was just a baby at the time. And when we left, we, she was only five years old when we left Syracuse because our mission had been completed and the glory cloud left to Knoxville, then Florida. Then when we had our church in Okeechobee, it was destroyed by hurricanes. And I didn't want to pastor again, Pastor Troy. I said, let me just go sell my insurance, make a whole lot more money than I'm doing in ministry, right? Because if you're looking to make a lot of money, don't get into ministry. Okay? That's not the thing for you if that's what you're looking for. But if you're looking to serve God and the church and your community, then ministry's for you. But in those darkest times, when Laura and I felt like uh, not only our ministry was destroyed, the church was destroyed, we got them through about uh, 50 to 60% of reconstruction, we felt like giving up. Wouldn't you know the Lord led us back to Tennessee to live with my parents for six months? And uh, I guess he used that to heal us, Pastor Troy, because he knew that we were discouraged and ready to give up. I want to remind you of, of famous prime minister of Britain, World War II, Winston Churchill. And during the night, London was being bombed night after night after night. The, the Nazi blitzkrieg was destroying the city. And the people of London <clears throat> were seeing their families and their friends and neighbors annihilated. And they kept running into the bomb shelters. And they were becoming weary because all they saw around them was destruction. We look at our world today. What do you see? Destruction. Maybe not physical destruction, but spiritual destruction. Moral decay. Where is our nation headed? I'm saying I believe Jesus is setting the stage for his return. It doesn't matter who becomes president of these United States of America because Jesus is still going to be king. Amen? 
as long as he's in charge, then he's in control. And so Winston Churchill took to the airwaves to encourage his people because he felt that they were about ready to lose the battle. And he told them one thing. He says, my British citizens, in the midst of the darkness and destruction, never give up. Never, never, never give up. Can you say amen? Everything changed when Jesus simply told his disciples to change directions. Notice he didn't say, get a million-dollar schooner, invest in expensive sonar underwater scanners, nor did he say, your nets are broken or you need to return to fishing university so you can get a better, better degree. No, he's not looking for degrees. He's not looking for doctorates. He simply said, try fishing on the other side. Apparently, all their efforts all night were not totally futile because they were in the, the, the right place at the right time, but they just needed to try the other side. You know what I like about City Church? It's innovative, and it's friendly. When we came here, we are greeted by friendly smiles, and I felt like if I was looking for a church, man, I think I want to be a part of that membership to get some of that food fellowship too later. Amen? Because, as you can tell, uh, my executive size has an executive appetite, and I like to fellowship. <laughs> Hallelujah. Something about feeding. You think about how Jesus used food to gather in the fish and gather in the people. You know, and when Jesus speaks a specific direction, it's a divine key to assured victory and success in your life. I want to challenge you to let Jesus speak to your situation. Because he's the creator of you and the fish. You know, something happened that night. I believe it was a spiritual sonar that was projected from Jesus Christ because he was looking from the shore. And although they didn't recognize him right away, they found out that it really truly was him. Just one word to Peter in another scenario also made the difference when Peter inquired, Is it really you, Lord? If it is, then bid me to come. And Jesus said one word, come. All it takes is one word from the master to change everything. How many know that? Say amen. So I'm sorry, Oprah, you might be a billionaire, but you're dead wrong when you think there are many roads that lead to God. It's a narrow way that leads to heaven. And it was Jesus who said it. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. So if people try to say you're narrow-minded, say, I confess, I am, because Jesus said it. And if you have a problem with that verse, then take it up with him. Amen? Hallelujah. Wide is the path to destruction, and narrow is the way to heaven. Matthew 7, 14. We used to sing a song back in the old day, an old gospel song. It's a highway to heaven. None can go up there but the pure in heart. It's a highway to heaven, and I'm walking up the king's highway. Amen. Sometimes you might be walking up. Sometimes you might be running up. Sometimes you might even be crawling up. But you're going up because you've answered the call. Come to me. 
all you who have heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus said the devil's job is to rob, to kill, and destroy. But he also said, but I have come to give you life, and that more abundantly. John 10, 10. You've got to believe you are just one step away, just one shout away, just one blessing away from your victory. Be confident, Philippians 1, 6 says, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you shall see it to completion even unto the day of Jesus Christ. Don't give up, folks. And don't go fishing without Jesus directing you. I'm glad you're doing a series on evangelism because that's one thing that the church is very weak in today. We can have church and we can do church in America, but we need to open our arms up and invite those who do not know Christ into the party. Amen. Hallelujah. Be on the right side. Perhaps you've been striving all in the dark night, trying desperately to produce something for God in the flesh. Listen to what the spirit is saying to the church and to you and your family. Get on the right side of the boat and let God's heavenly miraculous sonar bring the fish to you. I love that because you don't have to work so hard at it if you listen to the voice of the master and obey. He will bring the fish to you. Can you say amen? You've been working and praying too hard to give up now. We've come too far by faith to turn back now. Make sure you are on the right side with God, and then he can teach you to become fishers of men. Isn't that what he said? He said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I don't know about you. If I go fishing, I just don't want to catch little fish i want some bigger fish and i like them big old swordfish so i can hang them on the wall amen so if god's gonna have you go whale fishing maybe there's some whales out in olive branch that we need to catch for jesus amen get the little fish because they're important too get the medium size and get some large fish and you're gonna have some large bait that means olive branch city church you gotta make people see jesus through you through your love and acceptance, and because that's what they're looking for, they're attracted to the Jesus sonar. Hallelujah. And when Jesus speaks, the fish come to you. Glory to God. You won't have to fight and scratch and holler. All of a sudden, you see people coming up to you say, hey, what makes you so different on the job? How come everyone else is falling apart and you still have a smile on your face? It's the Jesus factor. Amen? Hallelujah. Being right is not only directional, but it's a heart condition. And I'm ending with this. Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Lauren did a word search for me. You know what right means? It means constant. It means steadfast. It means unmovable, rightly directed to God and open to his presence. No, it's just not an old song we used to sing back in the 70s. Amen. But it's something that is real and vibrant for the 21st century Christian. Lord, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. I want to be constant. I want to be true. I want to be steadfast, unmovable, rightly dividing the word of truth and directed to his presence. Can you think of anything else better in your life than being in the presence of God? The last scripture I want to share is 
found in Ecclesiastes chapter 9-11. You think you've got to be qualified with all kinds of Bible knowledge and degrees and when you go fishing that you have to go back to fishing university? The word of God tells me in Ecclesiastes that the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor yet riches to the men of understanding, nor favor to the men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. I'm declaring and I'm decreeing that this is your time. This is your time to go fishing, but be a wise fisherman and listen to the master when he says, Put your net over on the other side. You've been doing it this way for so long, and you're toiling, and you're laboring, and it seems like nothing is working out. Try something different. You're in the right place, but don't be afraid of new methods. We know the message will always be the same. Jesus Christ and him crucified. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. The message will always remain constant, but we must reach this generation with new methods. And that's why I love this church. This is why I love your pastors, because they're not afraid to do car washes and, and love on the youth. That's how they got my daughter, and she's a pastor's daughter, amen? Got her all involved, because our youth group all graduated. She was the last youth group we have now. We have a whole bunch of kids that are being raised up for our, our new youth group. But that's what drew her here, because she saw the living Christ coming out of this place. And reached her and said, Dad, can I go to this place called City Church in 662? I says, well, who are these people? Oh, they're, they're good folks. They love the Lord. And uh, I says, well, let's, let's go ahead and pray about it. And then we released her to come. And before you know it, she was leading worship and all active. I says, praise God. You know, see, Lauren's a lot like me to a fault sometimes because she scares me half to death. And, uh, but... I like that about the Saudis. I really do. I, I think that God is going to continue to bring you more fish, brother. And so I prophesy this over this ministry. God's recommissioning you and this beautiful congregation, and those will be in the second service. Do fishing the way Jesus wants us to do it. Do it right. Not with condemnation, not with legalism or religion, but religion never uh, saved anybody. You know that. We came from historical religion, never saved us. I had to get born again. Amen? And you can share that same love message. Jesus said in Matthew 4.19 and Mark 1.17, follow me and I will make you fishers of men.